A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Long Run live stream and podcast. We are back with a special this week. We're going to be going through the mountain of emails you've been sending. Mountain, for a few it is weeks. a mountain. Chris has just found, Chris has found the printer at the bottom of his cupboard. <laughs> and managed to get some of them actually on paper and get them in some sort of presentable order, so we can finally plow our way through some of them because this is a special week obviously it's a special week because we're doing email special mm. uh, it's also a special week because we are pre-recording this because at the m- moment in a parallel universe chris <laughs> al toby and a few others are waiting to scale the biggest the biggest mountain in wales mount snowden but they're not just going to climb it they're going to run up it as you would rightly so so it is in our parallel universe. It's Friday, and we would have done the longest uh, zip wire in Europe, the fastest one in the world. We'd have done that, so we'll be like all fired up and ready to go. And we will be setting off tomorrow in our parallel universe at nine thirty, I think it was Al, and we're going to be running up the Lamberis path, which apparently is the easiest path. I'll give you feedback on that. Um, <sighs> up to the top of Snowden and. We shall be running back down it. We have got no idea how long it's going to take. All we know is it's four and a half miles up and a little bit less than that on the way down, apparently. And um, yeah, we're, it's going to be it's going to be epic. I mean, who does not want to run up a marathon, uh, up a mountain? I mean, um, so yeah. Al, um, are you an enthusiastic follower in this, or has he pointed a gun at your head? Yeah, well, we'll see. No, I'm only doing it for the Strava. It's going to look like <laughs> on <the> Strava <laughs> and the trail shoes. <laughs> oh, on the chart, and, and in a parallel universe, I'm probably still out shopping for my kit list. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, that parallel universe where, where we've all had to go and get that kit list sorted out because otherwise we won't be allowed up the mountain. 
Oh dear, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, so so, in this parallel universe, I'm sat in the pub thinking, "Then poor old boys." Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what you mean, Wilco. You'll you'll have this on, and you'll be watching it because we'll stick this out um, like we normally would on, on a Friday at seven o'clock, and you'll be like, "Those mad sods! What are they doing up there?" <laughs> probably, no doubt, it'll probably be raining, uh, and it, and someone told me there could be snow at the top. So, and I'm not talking about the top of Alan's head where he's got that sort of graying shaved look going on at the moment. Um, I'm talking about the uh, the top of the mountain. And actually, boys, can I just say, because I know this is an email special, and to all the listeners out there, by the way, we love you. And thank you very much for all your emails. Uh, Wilco, what's the email address? It's longrunshow at gmail.com. Shit, yeah, he's done it. So I'm just going to put it up. Hang on. Uh, there we yeah, because Toby's not here again. Yeah, Toby's not here again. Hashtag where's Toby? Um let me just add this in because it's still he's still missing. Uh, this is from Richard Head the other week. Toby is still missing. Uh, keep checking those portaloos people, and if you see him, ring that number. But um, yeah, I just want to show you because this is an email special, and we want more emails, people. And we and it's, honestly, I've been overwhelmed by the stuff you've been sending in. So thank you very much. People have just been emailing and saying they love it, right? So thank you very much. We really, really do appreciate it, and. I do eventually read them, but I've, I've spent the best part, right, of at least 30 seconds putting some new graphics together, right? And I want to show, I'm going to premiere it now, live on this pre-recorded parallel universe that we're in. The boys honestly have not seen it. I've held it back no. from no. Boys, stand back, right, because this, this is awesome, right? You ready? I'm going to roll the titles. Be fair. Oh, yes, that is quality. I like that. Like it or not, mate. All I like the is Windows yeah, XP. Yeah. Um, Windows XP from about like, 1998. It's the best bit of hash rubbish chucked together that none of it sort of flows, but it works. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely a. Yeah. Yeah. It's email yeah. time. Yeah. It's, it's definitely that. I think we've. We have improved. And again, I would I would say that this has all been done without Toby, our producer that we used to have on the show. I reckon he could have been arrested. I reckon, honestly, he could I reckon he could have been arrested for hanging around Portaloos or something. I'm not sure. Um hashtag where's Toby? Just put that out there. Right, so um boys, do you want to should we start? I'll tell you what, let's start with a shout out. Should we get because we've got we've got a couple of shout outs to give people? Yeah. You've got yeah. well. The thing is that you've got the list. You've got the emails. Me and Al don't know, so we oh, don't yeah, know what sort of content we got. This is all yeah. fresh, blind. blind. You we know are what? Blind it, and it, it is completely your mercy. It would have been a great idea, right? If to share these emails around to the team, and and so you know what was coming and prepare the content. That would have been, I think, probably what any other decent second-rated po- running podcast would have done. But as you expect with 40 runs, it's ambitious but rubbish. And we have gone totally two-footed in, and we're just going to start knocking these out. And Yeah, we like breaking boundaries, so here we and go. I, and I'm going to apologise now for every person's name I get wrong, because <laughs> I'm going to. The first one, um, where is it? 
All right, okay. Just wanted to say big love to Gemma G. Really, really loves the podcast and loved my London Marathon rant. So I've got that's that's why I'm giving her Gemma G on Instagram. Gemma GG underscore runs underscore a underscore a marathon or marathon. Follow her on Instagram, people. Yeah, cheers, she gets Gemma. big love because she she loved it. Now. Where was it? Because it was a great one. Following on from Toby, who's probably been arrested hanging around Portland. Are you ready for this one? This is a cracker to start the show off, boys. You ready? Okay. From Glenn Warby. And we do love Glenn. Glenn, big yeah, shout ben. out. Dear Long Run Show, what is the most times you have been, have you had to go to the toilet for a race? His record right, is seven. And that was at the South End Half Marathon 2019. Now, I was at that race and I don't recall... Glenn going in there seven times, but seven. seven times, boys. Can you beat seven? No. No, I can't. I think but I'm, was that, do, you, do you remember that particular race? Was it particularly hot? Because the South End half's in the middle of summer, isn't it? In June. It was yeah, a hot race. Yeah. It was a hot race, actually. I do remember it, 2019. We had a massive 40 turnout. Um, it was Actually, if you go on our website, there's a picture on the landing page, the homepage of 40 Runs. And that was picture was taken at the 2019 um, half marathon, South End half marathon, and it was a warm day. I do remember it being a warm it's day. It's when the ice ice pops came out in full force. That's it. And the, and, the, and the fire brigade was there. People uh, with the hoses and people were showering us down down by the uh, Sea Life Centre. Somebody had a big hose out and all that sort of stuff. Um, that was a good one. But I don't remember. I think I have to say, Glenn. I'll take your seven and I'll probably raise you a few because Toby at Dawn. and he's not here to defend himself, but Al, right? We was there, and it's a good one to talk about this week because he's not here. At the Dorney Dorney Lakes Marathon. He he must have gone in those portaloos. He went he's got to have gone more than seven. Well, let's let's work it out. It was four laps and there was a portaloo at each end, and I think he went in every time, every lap. That's, so that's eight. eight. Plus the ones he was oh, in beforehand. there yeah. beforehand for about an hour, wasn't he? Because we're standing out yep. there, so we're going... So we're going there? volume and quantity, you know. <laughs> well, we don't want to get too quantity. specific. <laughs> I think... I think it's going to be show, mate. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, Glenn, Toby just about does you. That's an impressive showing at seven, I would say. Well done. Ken, I tell you what, here's a challenge to our amazing listeners around the world, especially in, where is it, Slovenia? Um, Slovakia. Slovakia and Slovenia, I love you too. Have you been in the toilet more than Glenn and at, at the start of a race? Can you let us know? What's the email address, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. I'm going to put some captions up because I keep forgetting that we should do all this sort of stuff because Tobes doing it. I'll just rattle through the uh, through the emails. Um, oh, apparently, according to this one that Tobes put up, if you missed last week's episode, you can listen to it on Spotify, Amazon, Yahoo, Google, loads. Okay. Oh, hang on. What? Oh, now I've messed up all the graphics, lads. Right, anyway, back. Okay, right. Running etiquette. This is a good one. Oh, this has got your name written all over it. This is from Robert Parkhouse. Hi, yeah, Jess. Love the podcast. Robert, big shout out. I love Robert. Big <laughs> shout out. He's my kind of guy. His question is, where do you stand on running etiquette? When passing another runner when out training, I always say hello, but seem to be blank so many times. I'm not looking for a high five, but starting to think, what's the point just to keep my head down? Cheers, Rob, from Hitchin. Now, he's in Hitchin 
So he should be actually coming to a Tuesday. So, Robert, you've now got down in my expectation, estimations, because why aren't you coming on a Tuesday? Yeah, come to Harper, Robert. We'd love to see you. Yeah, so make sure you get coming on. Um, so where do we stand on this, boys, in terms of running etiquette? I I have a well, I have an unofficial rule really, um, that I say hello to everybody, apart from um if women are on their own and I feel that they might be intimidated by me if I said, you know, but if they've if they've looked and they've nodded and then I'll say hello and say hello back. Like if there's if there's two girls on if there's two girls together, that's fine. I'll say morning and all that yeah. sort of thing. But I wouldn't I wouldn't do it to um yeah. To somebody, if they felt intimidated by me yeah. doing it, yeah, yeah. Al, well, we're a friendly bunch in Essex, so we definitely say hi as often as we can. I think Ian's right. Make good eye contact early, kind of get it in there that you're going to be uh, uh, saying hi and hope for the best. It is, you know, it, I'm another one that gets really titched off when you're just doing a little thing just to try and make someone's day, and they can't be asked to uh, even acknowledge us. So it doesn't take it's a lot a bit like- to be polite. It's a bit like asking girls out in a pub. You have to take a few hits. You have to think like, well, okay, it didn't work that time and not worry about it and just go on to the next one. Al, out of interest, how does it work in the home? Do you say, how do you say hello to people? Like when well, you go in and play checkers or sherry night, like bingo, when you wasn't here the other week when you yeah, played yeah, bingo, yeah. how does that work? Being, being about the movements are all so slow, you just have to plan ahead. Mm. Okay. Mm. You just have to kind of work out your route, and then. Uh, and I suppose yeah. a lot of them they ain't got their teeth in, or so. Like, no, oh, 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 oh. You got to check for tech, make sure the old uh, yeah. earpieces yeah. are working. Yeah, there's a whole different range of. What does uh, the person problems. pushing you along say hello? I'm not yeah, sure. No, anyway, um, I'm 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 quite hardcore on this. All right, I'm a bit quite hardcore on this. Just it's going to shock some of you, right? Probably not. Um, and Tobes. Quite at ways, you actually shouldn't tell people I'll do this. Firstly, I think actually, I gave it as a tip in one of my videos, uh, the 20 mile video. When you go out there for that first 20 mile run, it's a great game to play to take your mind off of things to see how many people you can actually say hello to um, as, as a game. Yeah, well, I you, know, obviously you don't want to be doing it to randoms yeah. uh, and you know, it makes sure it's, it's not going to cause any problems, but. It's a good game to play to take your mind off of things to see, you know, what you can say to people in terms of other runners when you're out there doing your 20 mile because the chances are they're probably in the same boat. So it's a good one to do, good game to play. You know, a sick hand signal. Next one, I'm going to say hello. Next one, I'm going to do this. Next one, I'm going to do that. It's a good way of breaking up a 20 miler. But here's the thing, and so we'll we'll testify to this. If somebody, if I say hello to somebody, or I go, or I go like that, or whatever. And they literally blank me or they, you know, when they go so close to you and they just tunnel vision you, I have been known to call them every name under the sun loudly so they can hear it because I just think it's damn right rude. And I, I won't, I'm not one for rudeness. I can't stand it. And I'm quite, and in the past, I quite, I was an arrogant one of those, right? And now I try and go out of my way now not to be that kind of individual. And I will always, like you say, Wilco, unless it's inappropriate and you don't want to put anybody in a situation where they feel uncomfortable. But nine times out of ten, I will make sure that I say good morning. But I say good morning to dog walkers. I say good morning to cyclists. I will say good morning to just about anybody. Because in life, I think it takes two seconds to smile and say, how are you? I think that can make a huge difference, Sammy. 
I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a thing. You know, somebody could be out there. They could have just like I won't go too much into it, but and my wife was out the other day, and somebody had lost somebody close to them, and they were out going for a walk to clear their head. And if you're going along, and you and that person's got their head down, they're feeling just to smile and and see somebody else smile and just say hi, how are you, can make a huge difference to somebody, right? If they're on their own or whatever. So I think that makes a big. And if you're one of these arrogant begins with P runners, elite runners who thinks that the sun don't shine out of their back backside because they run for so and so club and they're so fast and all this sort of stuff. You know the people I'm talking about, and they just rudely blank you, and you've gone out of the way. Then be warned, because I will call you every name under the sun, and and that's wrong. I'm not saying you should do that, and I'm an idiot for doing that. But it really makes my blood boil because there's no excuse for rudeness. And we're all human beings. We only get one life. We only get one chance on this planet. Why not just be nice and say hello? I appreciate some people have earphones in, right? Yeah, and and they're in a zone. And they're not necessarily, but it takes two seconds when you're running along just to go like that. or Because I've done it. Sometimes you generally don't see people, but it's those people I'm talking about where you're literally going like that. Mm. And they're so close. And they're, and they're just, <laughs> and they don't even say nothing. And they just wind me right up. Right. I like saying hello to dogs as well. I just Lovely. say hello to the dog. But I just think it's nice. Why not? I mean, yeah. we're all humans. We're all we're all the same people. It's just say hello of, to people. I just find I find it part of the sort of mental relief package of I've spoken before about I spoke the other week when we were talking about you know what we enjoy most about running and how I get mental release from it and I can think about things like that. Part of it is going along the road and saying hello to people morning. while I'm going. Morning. It is amazing. And if, I think it, and if I see people I, I know, that's even better. Oh, I'll go nuts. But it's nice. I mean, people, runners get a bad name, right? Because we're there, we're there, we're, you know. So to be able to say good morning to somebody can actually make a difference. That next time they might think, oh, bleed nails another runner. Yeah. They might actually think, oh, actually, that guy was quite nice to me the other day. He said, stop, said thank you very much. I always say thank you. You know, because there's nine t- down the towpaths where we, a lot of us run, the cyclists, they don't give two hoots about, and I'm not having to go to cyclists, right? But they don't give two hoots whether you're a runner, dog, or whatever. They think that that towpath is theirs, right? Whatever, you know, cycling's their thing. They love it. But a lot of them, they, they say thank you. But there's always, again, the obs Herbert, who, who's so obnoxious and so ignorant that they don't even say thank you because you and you step right out of the way and it's the same for dog walkers they do the same to them those people are so rude but mm. if, if you can say hello or thank you if some because especially now with covid where people stop to move to the side because they're conscious of them not being too close to you it takes two seconds to say morning thank you very much it takes two seconds and 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 it and there's no there's no excuse i believe for rudeness out there while we're out there running i believe it's a great question though really good quick, quick yeah. supplementary does that mean you're the nutter that talks to people on the bus and train as well then chris no again I, no i'm i'm not i as i said i'm i'm an anxious individual i i absolutely feel uncomfortable around people i don't know and in places where i i don't i i, I just don't i don't enjoy it. i don't like being places where there's lots of people and I don't, I just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. It's not something that I particularly enjoy. So if I'm on a bus, I would rather sit down really low with my earphones on and hope nobody looks at me because I, I just, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Same on a train. I get so anxious on a train. You ask my brother, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But yeah, there are people 
and they're great to have that confidence to start talking to to, to everybody. And, it all makes sense now. That's why you get a lift with Toby in his Porsche. It all makes sense. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. Step, I get so. I get so anxious and so subconscious on uh, on these on these public transport. I, I murder. I, I'll drive into London instead of getting on the tube. I can't. I can't handle it. I just. It's just something that, unfortunately, that's the way I am. It's the way I'm built. And running helps me get over a lot of that. I'll be mm. honest, running does really help me get all over. And that's why I enjoy the club and the community so much, because it's helped me overcome some of those boundaries in terms of talking to people. And, and right, this sounds, it is big headed. Okay. So I'll take a step back and I appreciate that this is going to sound very egotistic. But where, where people come up to me now, but as part of 40 runs and what's happened, people, and it's really nice, they do come up and say to me, you know, want to talk to me. Um, when I go places that are running related and it's lovely, but it, it's still quite an uncomfortable thing for me because I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not very good around people. I might not come across like that, but I, it's, it's not the way I am as an individual. I like, I love talking to people, but I have to have a certain level of confidence to, and, and knowing. So one of the great things about 40 runs is that where I have been recognized occasionally, and I'm not saying I'm some, oh, I don't know, whatever, but, it, one of the nice things to come out of it is people coming up to me and talking to me. And that is ba- a boundary that I've had to break down to be able to talk to those people back. We're not sounding like my wife always says, Oh, you sound rude. Why are you so rude to that person? It's not me being rude because I, I, I'm so, I just, I get anxious and, and I've had to overcome that because people have come up and spent the time to come up to me and say, Oh, I love the YouTube channel or, you know, I love the podcast or I, I don't know, whatever. I, I can't be rude and I don't want to be rude, but my default position previously was always to be almost quite come along obnoxious because I didn't know how to deal with that situation. So that's another positive that's come out of out of 40 runs. It's, it's helped me develop as a, as a human being and become a better person actually, um, which is quite cool. So we've done three emails in 20 minutes. This is going to be a bit of a jump bump. Of- one sec, <laughs> one sec boys, because the dogs interrupting the podcast, stay there, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> this yeah, is where well, having insight and emails would have been helpful, Ian. Yeah, then my oh, look, look at him. The boys in, look, the boys in. He was, he was at the door. Hey, what, mate? Because Mrs. Falls out, he probably needs a pony, doesn't he? Bless him. So, so it's right, don't worry. Be, actually, he could be the new Toby. <laughs> what do you think, <laughs> buddy? Could be the right. new Toby. Bud, you want right. to press some buttons and just like sit there. We'll have to put a poll up. Who would you rather have, Toby or Buddy? What would you rather have, Buddy or Toby? Do the questions. Do the do the graphics. So, okay, Buds, right? You're in. You're in the lot. Yeah, you're in the show this week, right? Next question. Right. We've got Robert uh, Robertson. Big shout out, Robert. Okay, this shows you how late I am with the emails. <laughs> question one: With London Marathon coming up. <laughs> Sorry, Robert. Which year? Might be 2022. <laughs> we learned the magic coming up. I've got, I feel like I've got my plan nailed down. Well, that's a bit of luck. I hope it went well. Should I pay attention to my heart rate during the marathon? Right, okay, right. So let, we'll talk about a little bit about heart rate monitoring during races and events, I think, to be fair, a little bit. Heard you talking about fueling every 45 minutes. What's the latest you would take your first gel... Um, as he likes to do it in the first hour, but he doesn't want to make the mistake of not doing it um, too early. Okay, right. So first again, massive apology, Robert, for not answering these before London. Let us know. Email. What's the email address, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. Yeah, email us and let us know how you got on. 
I would pay attention to my heart rate during the London Marathon, Marathon Park Run, whatever you're doing. I would pay attention to it. Obviously, you need to understand what you're looking at and you want to have the correct devices in place. I wouldn't, you know, look at my watch to that much respect um, out of it. They, some of them are good. Polar watches particularly are good in terms of the optical, you know, the heart rate monitor they've got on them, but they're not 100% accurate. If you are really looking to nail in your heart rate zones and that kind of stuff, you really need to be wearing a heart rate monitor. Although I still have a scar, believe it or not, chaps, and I'm not going to show you, um, but I still have a scar from where my heart rate monitor rubbed my chest uh, at London Marathon. Yeah, it really did. It really got a bit naughty, that did. Um, but uh, yeah, I would. I would look to, to running it more to running your zones. But again, like we've said about this straight base before, and we are, you need to set your zones correctly. You need to, you know, find your max heart rate and set your zones and have that all set up before you go out there. And then I would use them. Tobe and I, while we was doing London, uh, when we was running at pace, so we ran up to 20 miles at effectively 345, 350 pace. We was checking our heart rate zones to make sure that we were well within um zone three but you know ideally not you know more than two we wanted we was really looking for top of two um we knew it was a higher effort but we didn't we was dipping into three so we was watching it closely uh in terms of where we was at for our zone so i would 100 percent recommend it but do it properly and in terms of fueling um every 45 minutes yeah I got, you know if you're in a lot if you're in a marathon you i personally like to front load my calorific intake at the front end of the marathon, I like to load up. So give you an idea. I took, what was it? Three gels, uh, in London by, I think we was well, I think we was 14, 15 miles, something like that. I'd already had three gels. I, I really, I really went at the start. And then I just, I think I took one at about 23 miles. So, um, I front loaded all my calories because you want to build up those stores before they empty, which is why I do it at 45 minutes. But, and we'll come on to Alan in a minute because obviously his background and you, Wilco. You know, just to say, uh, Robert, everybody is different. The metabolisms work differently. Posty at at London came came unstuck. He he fainted um, in London, and we believe that was down to his uh, calories intake. Uh, he didn't have enough, uh, or he had. They said it might have been you know, too much sugar. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was using cis gels. And they're only about 70 odd grams of um, calories or carbohydrates. I can't remember. But basically, you've got to take quite a few of them to get quite a lot in. And uh, he believes that he wasn't um, 100% on top of that. So it's definitely something to play with, but get it right <laughs> before your big day. Al, Wilco, got anything to add on yeah, that one? Just, just on the heart rate, um, I think certainly if you've trained on heart rate, then keeping an eye on that on race day is going to, as you say, give you a clue as to where you're at. I, I suppose one of the observations, particularly if you're running a big race like London or any of the big races, the atmosphere is going to get the adrenaline going and you'll probably find your 20 heartbeats per minute above where you'd normally be if you was going out just on your, your regular Sunday. So there's an element of thinking about what your body's telling you and taking in the environment and, and putting it in some context because the, the data may be all over the place for those kind of reasons. In, in terms of fueling, what I have what I tend to find is I get distracted when I try and do it by time. So I'm now trying to play with doing it by mileage because quite often in the big races, 
you've got the big markers. You can see the four-mile marker coming up. That's probably, you know, 40 minutes in or something like that. So I've, I've started to do that. Um, again, tend to fit. I always come back with a couple of spare gels, um, partly because you get carried away, you get so focused on the race that you, you forget to do it. In that situation, there's always the jelly babies, there's always the kids, there's always someone offering you a bit of fruit or food or whatever. So um, there's always an emergency supply should you run out, I tend to find. But uh, it can be very different on different days, depending on uh, what your run-up, what your lead-up has been like, what your training's been like. You've been traveling abroad and not had access to regular kind of fuel. Lots of factors that come into play. Wilco, what's your strategy um, when it comes to the marathon? You know, with York and stuff, what's what, what did you do? Um, I'm gonna do uh, I read a um, a gel every four miles, four miles, yeah. So you're doing yeah. distance pace, everyone's different, like, and I'll probably have something to eat as well. I'm a big fan of those little naked bars. Yeah, um, okay. So I'm going to put a couple of them in and have them perhaps at 10k and 20k or something like that, just to keep checking. Because what I find is that the um, um, my sugar in my blood is good. That my top half always feels fine. I don't feel like when I'm on a long when I'm on a long run that I'm running out of breath and all that sort of thing. I feel quite energetic at the top half. It's my legs start to ache, and that's probably for a lack of protein or something like that. So I'll just top I top something up along that way just to. Give me a bit of an advantage on that. They're ever so small, and I've tried. It all comes down to the same thing: that the more experience you have of trying yeah. these things while you're out training, the better you're going to be on race day. If you decide two weeks before, oh, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. It's too late. Yeah. You've really got to think about, you know, when you get your marathon plan or you get your plan for a big race. You have, you know, in front of you, it's got your mileages and where you. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's going to be, that's the time to think about things like, okay, what stretches am I going to do afterwards? How am I going to fuel these runs and things like that? Get in the habit over the three or four month period or whatever it is that you're doing your training plan. And that's surely going to stand you in good stead once race day comes. Yeah, I think that's, that's good advice. And it's interesting what you both say. Tobe does it the same. He goes on. You know, mileage into, oh, I'm at 11 miles, I've got a fuel. So, yes, it, it, whatever, we always say, whatever works for you. But, like, I'm glad that we answered that before he did his marathon in. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. Right, okay. Yeah, <laughs> oops. Moving on. Okay, Andy May. Big shout out to Andy. Love Andy. My guy. 
Uh, hey team, love the podcast. Now he listens on Spotify and it is available on all podcast platforms, which is incredible, really. Number mm-hmm. five rated running uh, podcast in the UK, but it's probably higher than that now. So people, make sure you get out there and share it with all your running friends. Smash it all over Instagram that you listen to the Long Run Podcast. The loose women of the running podcast world. Um, and he listens to it when he's walking back from the school run. So that's good news. He's, uh, he's obviously out there exercising as well. Now, he would love us to discuss his question. He is planning to train for his first Brighton marathon in 2022. And, uh, so it's his first marathon it's going to be Brighton. 16 weeks would start just before Xmas. Can you please advise how I may plan some safety or repeat weeks into the plan to allow for illness, weather, etc.? And Andy's from Bristol. Big shout out to Bristol. Um, great South Run, all that sort of neck of the woods, isn't it? So uh, mad love to Andy. Um, Al, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, life gets in the way. So there are going to be weeks when it doesn't go to plan. Um, and I think it partly depends on what plan you've signed up to as to whether they actually have a what they call a deload week. So quite often the plans will have periods where you're just taking some of the mileage off. Um and as, I think as long as you're not playing with that too much, you know, perhaps swapping that by a week or, two, you know, in the middle of the plans, not going to put you too much out of kilter. Um, I tend to go for a slightly longer plan, um, depending on kind of where my base fitness is. That means I've probably got a couple of weeks leeway in there as well. Um, and again, it also depends, I think, if you are running competitively in the run up to that that marathon. So are you doing a few halves and getting carried away with uh, uh, needing to taper in the run-up to those races as part of your plan. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's factors to take into account in terms of whether you should or you shouldn't. It's obviously, yes. uh, you know, these yes. things aren't set in stone, but if you're going to make, you know, they they are written with a, de- you know, with a degree of expertise about what you should really be doing that particular week if you possibly can. So if you're not, I mean, when I did my first marathon with York, you know, there were a couple of um, – I shifted one of my long run times, uh, days, and a 13-mile week because it clashed with the Great North Run, and I wanted to go and do the Great North Run. So I did that instead and did um, did my 20-mile of the week before when perhaps it might have been a little bit early in the plan to be doing the first one. But, you know, the odd week, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Perhaps um, it's interesting to note that it'd be starting around Christmas. Um, now – I think that would probably that wouldn't be necessarily a bad thing, and you could get a bit of training done and get your confidence that you can do a plan and you can fit it around your life in the period you're coming up. Because it's a bit like packing up smoking. If you can pack up smoking at Christmas, you can do it virtually any other week because you've got all the other demands and stuff. So if you can do a couple of weeks of your training plan the week before Christmas and perhaps Christmas week, and you can get out and you can do stuff, it will probably give you quite a lot of confidence that you'll be able to get into the routine and be able to do it as the um, as the new year progresses. Mm, interesting. Yes, yeah, a good point. I think there's a couple of things just to add. I think uh, obviously boys make some really, really good points. Uh, firstly, I don't think you should, Andy, be worrying about repeat weeks and allowing for illness and weather, right? It's, it's marathon training, bruv. I'll, gi- I'll, I'll give you a little tip for free. It's not going to cost you nothing. You're going to get ill and there's going to be some bad weather. Right, that's free on me. And you can't factor that in and you shouldn't allow that to 
not impact your training, but even stop, put that into your plan. I mean, you shouldn't even be thinking about that. The training plan, you should be focused on one run at a time and not worrying about stuff that you can't control. If you've got a decent training plan, now, ideally, you go and get yourself one from a qualified coach like myself or Alan, um, and they draw it up and they tailor it to you and your needs um, and your running background and what you want to achieve. And um, that coach puts that together for you. Now, I totally appreciate that that you probably might not be in a position to afford that, right? Because we don't come cheap as coaches, do we, Al? Um, And you don't get nothing for free in life because uh, there's a reason we get these qualifications. Uh, We've done all our work, now you've got to pay for it. No. Um, um, But you need to to go and and get one off the shelf if you you can't afford to to go and get yourself coached um, and a training plan. Then those plans are still, you know, they're white-labeled, but... They will should or will or should have a down week in them. They're 16, 17 weeks for a reason. It's a slow, steady climb up that mountain with the aim of peaking at the top where it's race day. And they and, and any training plan incorporates some form of movability uh and fluidness about it you don't just because it says on wednesday you've got to go and do 10 miles you've got to go and do it you're not going to get shot boris ain't going to arrest you if you don't do it you know you've got you've got to be a little bit you know dynamic with these things so a good training plan won't you know put extra weeks in for that sort of illness and weather it doesn't it assumes that that's going to happen during that 16 17 weeks um but really, honestly, mate, don't worry about it. Just get on with it. <laughs> and just, and just You've got bigger things to worry about than the weather. Because what's going to happen on marathon day? Who knows? So just go, just go with the flow and enjoy your training. And we really, really appreciate you sending that email in. Right, boys. Okay, we've got a couple of shoe ones coming. But... Yeah, okay, let's do let's do the shoes because we are kind of running out of time. Uh, and Buddy's back, by the way. People of the podcast can't see him, but Toby's replacement is back, causing havoc as always. He was sitting on the emails a minute ago. Um, <laughs> that's why I kicked him out. If you're watching on YouTube. You would have seen me chasing him because he was sitting actually on the email pile. So Toby's replacement is now back in the house, and he's going to read this email. Go, go, Buzz, read it. No? Okay. Right, so Julian Lambert. Now, Julian sent us in an email originally. Do, uh, do you remember the show where I started reading it out and it was about 150 pages long? And I said, we ain't got time for that. Do you remember it? I had it on my phone. And I went, oh, leave it out. So anyway, Julian wrote back, bless him, uh-huh. and um, said, sorry for my first layer was a bit, first email was a bit long. It was, Julian, but all is forgiven. He's going to give it another go. Or she's going to give it another go. Do you think it's a good idea to get gait analysis done at the end of a long run when your feet are tired? I think my gait is fairly neutral normally, but changes as I tire. Love the show. Hope it runs for a long time. Hashtag, where's Toby? Um, okay, I, I might have added a little bit in there. So what do we think, chaps? Do we think it's a good idea? And actually, it's not, it's, this is not the worst idea I've had. Uh, heard. Getting your gait analysed when you're tired because... I remember when I went to Asics, I was fresh as a daisy when I went up there and got on that treadmill. 
Um, that doesn't really show what it's what your gait is like when you're at 16, 17 miles, does it? So what do you think? That's well, interesting. Yeah. Never thought of that. Oh, he's gone. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, I was coming in. I thought Ian was going to jump in with a bit more of this. Uh, sorry, Ian. Um, <laughs> no, it's all right, mate. I had nothing to contribute. A couple of things. Yeah, your, your feet will swell. They will take change shape. You know, your gait will change because you are getting tired. Um, and therefore, how you run at the start of that run versus how you may finish could look very differently. Um I don't know about whether I'd, I'd have the time and the energy to go and get gate analysed, if that's the, the right term. After a 20-mile, I'd be jumping straight in the bath with some Epsom salts. Um, but I think, you know, it partly also depends on what is your regular runs, um, because I would have thought the gate analysis is really trying to support you across a range of different distances and different speeds. So getting analysed for maybe just two or three 20 milers, maybe missing out on what you need when you're doing your um, other 12 weeks and your other uh, 5Ks and your park run. So I, I wonder whether it becomes a little bit too focused on just a few runs. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. I think it is, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, isn't it, actually? You almost want to do both, don't you? You want to get it when you're sort of normal, but also when you're knackered. I don't know. I, don't I mean, it's, it. it can only be scientific to a certain degree, can't it? Mm. You can only sort of, you know, not, there's no sort of black and white answer of what's going to be best for you. you you've just got, there's got to be an element of chance in it anyway, isn't there? It is. The act of gate analysis is to offer some sort of prediction as to what, yeah. Um, elements of your running style will be accentuated once you go over longer distances. So you yeah. will, I would imagine you will, if you pronate to a certain degree, that degree will be greater if yeah, you're exactly. doing a greater sort of, so they should be able to, I'm no scientist. I'm no sports scientist. I don't know. I don't know about trainers. I'm not an expert. I just put a pair of trainers on, I go out the door and I run. But I would imagine that, they would be able to pick up the little things and then the selection of the trainers you're going to have would mean that the effects of distance will not be that great on you because it will compensate for the factors that they've now that they've identified when they've got the computer mm. out and analyzed it in the first place. Yeah. So I you must be going along the right lines. Yeah. I think that's it. I think it's a little it's not bit gonna be that, that radically it? difficult, different. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I think yeah, you're going along. The, you're going along those lines, aren't you? I think you're you're doing the best to give yourself the the max opportunity to have the right shoes. Make mm. sense? But I don't. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't necessarily. There's no, sort of, there's no sort of Cinderella principle. No, it's not going to be a perfect fit. No, and it's not going to be perfect for everything. It's just going to no. be the best that you can get. And and I, actually, I've heard people go and get their gait analysed, get a shoe, running it. And Can't as you say, it. go up to that distance, and it just hasn't worked out. So it's not—it's not the holy grail of of, of running to go and get your gait analysed. Mm. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's an essential bit that we add into the mix, I would say. But if you strengthen, right, go totally off course. But if you go to someone like Al and learn, you know, how to strengthen as a runner and work on, you know, strengthening your glutes and 
possible weaknesses that you've got elsewhere, work on your trunk and all that kind of stuff. That may help with pronation issues anyway and, and reduce some of that pronation because you're stronger and you're not relying on other parts of the body to, to take some of the load. And that might counteract some of that anyway and make you, you know, your stamina better. So over that longer distance where you are running, you don't get as tired and your pronation then kicks in. Fair point now? Yeah, I'd, and I'd also add that, you know, if you can afford it, you know, get a coach, sign up with them, and then, you know, they can come out with you and and, and watch you perform in the field. So, you know, a, a good coach will be looking for all those little clues about what's happening Um across the what they call the kinetic chain. So all the way down through your hips, down to your ankles, and you know, they might spot other stuff as well. But obviously you've got in a position where you can afford a coach. So um yeah. And we're cheap now. We're we're cheap. Oh, we're oh, oh, to sell yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah, this is the bargain bucket you're talking about. For free from two qualified coaches and relatively uh, we're cheap compared to some of the some of them, what they charge, maybe we're quite that's, a, that's as well, huh? And we're quite cheerful. We're very nice. Good company. And I would recommend us. Um, hey, if you go to Forty Runs Full Slash Coach, whatever it is Full Slash Coaching, check us out. There you go. We've done a great plug there for the coaching now. So make yeah. sure you come along, sign us up. And I reckon we've got room for a couple more, and then we might have to think about the next time we're going to scheme an email special because we've yeah, not really much yeah. ready. Well, but... so look, let's just let's just say now we've got one. I'll do one more, right? And it is shoe related, um, but we'll do one more. Send us more emails in, people. Just load them up. They don't necessarily have to be running related. If you want to know how many sherries Al can drink at a bingo night, send it in. What's the email address, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. Okay, right. So we want those questions and we will do another email special because I'm most likely not to read any of them for about six weeks. Um, <laughs> last one, shoe related, uh, because we finish on shoes because uh, I think we've covered a lot of other stuff. Um, now, this is interesting. I'm going to switch this a little bit around for Wilco to bring you into this. He's asking about carbon plated running shoes. All right. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Sorry. Oh, oh, good point, Will. Will Downey. And, oh, and, Will, you're right, mate. And I, again, I must apologise to Will. <laughs> All right, I tell you what, 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 what are we giving me? What, where are we going for dates on this? On the basis that the podcast started in early September, when do you reckon I got this email? I reckon it's since Boris has announced the second lockdown. <laughs> Does it start like that? Al, what? He's not giving me a serious answer. What do you reckon? Well, I was going to go February, so I don't think that's a serious answer. <laughs> we started in September. Bonfire night, I'm going. Where are you going? Bonfire night. What, 5th of November? It's not even 5th of November now, not even our parallel universe that we live in. Well, we didn't start in September. We did. When did we start? 17, 18, 19 weeks ago or something. Oh, right, so give oh, me a middle of the time. Euros. England yeah, it was. Lost really. was on. yeah, we had to get yeah. finished in time for the eight o'clock. Okay, kickers. yeah, I remember. Right, so to be fair, then I don't feel as bad as I did. <laughs> this email is from September the se- September the seventh. That's nearly <laughs> yesterday. That's <laughs> well over a month ago. So, my bad, Will Downey. I blame Toby. Uh, he's not here, so it's easy to blame him. Now he's asking about carbon plate races. He's got there's loads of it. Right, but hide the email address. There's loads of it. So thanks very much, Will, for all the detail. 
bottom line, cut a long story short because we've got, we've got homes to go to. Can you advise which carbon plated shoe gives the most support on the forefoot? Okay. So it's an interesting point. And um, carbon plated shoes, so we're talking about this, I think a little bit more general before we finish the show. Carbon plated shoes are a funny thing because some suit some people, some don't suit others, right? There are, and we've all seen it, boys, haven't we, at the at the the running races, all the guys and girls are in the vapor flies. And we've all seen, I'm sure, as we've been running along, people who are running in them who shouldn't be in them because they're pronating so badly they look like they're gonna break their ankles. There's people who can run in those, and there's people who can't. There's people who can't who can run in alpha flies and um can't run in alpha flies. There's people, you know, who who maybe find a uh, I don't know, uh, an ASICS meta racer too firm too hard on their forefoot um, and they may find other shoes too unstable. Al, for example, there's, you can't run in certain carbon plate shoes, can you? I like them to be on the firmer side. Rather yeah. Because than... a lot of them are set up soft. So you get the, you get the bounce off the foam with the plate and it gives you that max cook uh, sort of kick on. Others are really tightly tuned so I give you an example. The Adidas, I think it was the Adi Zero Pro, was tuned up. So unless you were running your foot at like thirty degrees, you wouldn't get the snap off the plate. Um, it was because they're made they're made for elites, right? So they run at a certain position in their their foot strike, and it was tuned. So that foot strike is when the plate would would optimize. So I think every, the point is is that and, and it's a, what he's talking about is that. The plate, the plated shoes, they do differ for different people, right? And everybody just goes out and buys vapor flies because everyone else is wearing vapor flies, which is just nuts. And I get it because the vapor fly is an extremely fast shoe. It's the fastest shoe I own. Own. It's a weapon of mass destruction. You put that on, you will run fast. There's no doubt about it. You might break your ankle, but you will run fast breaking that ankle. It is. A nutter. It is, a, it is, as the shoes go, it's a nutter. If I want to run a PB under the marathon distance, I will strap a pair of them on because it's just, it's just immense, the, the, the kick you get off of that, that Zoom X. But they are incredibly unstable. In terms of the forefoot, to answer the question, my personal opinion is to look at the ASICS Meta Speed Sky. I don't, hang on, I'm going to have a look at his, his email. If he's looked at that, the other one I would recommend which I've just been, no, he doesn't mention it, but the other one, I think the, one of the most consistent carbon plated shoes I've run in is, oh, Bud's back, um, is the Socony Endorphin Pro Plus. Now, I appreciate that they are not around. They were a limited run, but that is, they're actually up there. Um, that is one of the most consistent carbon plated shoes I've run in because it's a nice balance between sort of a high stack compound, but not too soft. It's, Al, you would love those. You'd absolutely, one, the fact they're white, cool. but, uh, but two, they're just that they're not, they're not overly, they're not overly soft. But what, what carbon plate shoes have you been getting on with, Al? Well, I've, I've only ever kind of stuck to the Brooks. I, my running career started in Brooks and I kind of just transitioned. 1984. Yeah, 1984, something like that. Stan, I did that Stan Smith when Stan Smith was winning championships. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, Wilco, look, before we start doing this in black and white, have you been ever tempted by carbon plated shoes? No. Really? 
Well, the way that I've, I've viewed it, and obviously I've, um, I'm not of the same sort of experience level when it's come to running. So I'm still finding my way in. Don't be so um, You're just sort of like um, put yourself down. But um, I don't, I can see why people would want to wear them because they're promised the sort of like the 4% quicker, um, you know, things like that. And I think that if you've got a massive urge to run a sub three and a half hour marathon or a sub three marathon or something like that, and that's going to make the difference, then I can completely empathize with people who are going to buy them. I don't know what effect they would have. I've never even tried a pair on. I mean, they are, they're not cheap. No. Um, which is for an everyday runner is obviously a big consideration as well. And perhaps my um, one misgiving I would have is that they are obviously the primary development is for them for elite athletes to go as fast as they can to break world mm-hmm. records mm-hmm. and things like that. We're all different. Mm. It's interesting to hear that Al's had a go at, yeah, he, he ran a PB because, because we are um, we're two gentlemen of a similar sort of frame of you know we're quite big lads where we're not ten stone you know eight stone wet through the sort of people who run two ten at the London Marathon and things like that which these shoes are essentially designed for. I mean, they're not going to you know it's the greatest one of the greatest sporting marketing things ever mm. that Kipchoge ran a sub two hour marathon and a pair of these trainers. True. And the next Monday, Nike says, you can have a pair of these for 240 quid. And you couldn't get them for love nor money. They flew off the bloody shelf. Mm. Everybody wanted a pair. It just had to be mm. the thing to have. Now, I'm not too bothered about my times and things like that for it to make that difference to justify the expense. So that's why I haven't got a pair. I'd try a pair. I'd see I what think they that, I think like. that there's science out there. There's reports out there that show or shown that they have made a difference to, let's, as we say, us everyday runners. I think that there has been stuff shown and done that they, they can make us not as, yeah, a significance, maybe a strong word, but a difference if used correctly. Um, so it would be interesting, Wilco, to strap you on a pair. And to see, because we did this, we did it with Al. We took him to a yeah. racetrack, an athletics track, to run a half PB. And, I, and he deliberately went out and bought a pair of carbon plated shoes. And we said, and he hadn't trained for it. And we said, off you go. And Al, I can't remember how much you cut it, it by. Well, it was it was nine minutes off. So it's 157 down to 148. And and I no, think you're probably right. There's an element of technology. And there's also the placebo effect. If yes, I yeah. thought I could run quicker, 100%. I did. So was it the shoe? Was it me? I don't know. Yes, there's that too. Obviously, it's a mental thing, you know. But I do think, Wilco, if we stuck, strapped you into a pair of shoes. Um, I could well be a convert. I think you could, you know, you could be lining up for Kenya. Um, but then, I think, that, I think <laughs> there is. But there is, I think also when I don't have many, you know, I run perhaps, I don't have a great number of shoes in my rotation. I'll have Brooke. two pairs of road shoes essentially the same model Brooks. in different colors and then i'll have another pair with a bigger grip on them that i'll take out on the trails and that's it so i only of have three Brooks. pairs of trainers going at the same time of brooks what um no the asics my trails are asics but the brooks <laughs> well brooks you know wilco you know is a huge fan so if you want to sponsor this podcast 
if you drop Wilco, if you type, if you title it in the subject, I love you, Gandalf. And and if they send Brooks send it to what's the email address, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. And just tell us how much you're going to pay us to sponsor this show. We're not interested in any shoes because they're all from 1984, but we will take your money quite willingly and we will then spend that on ice cream and tango. So yes. let us know. Send that in. I think, boys, we've done an exceptional job without Toby tonight. Um, let's just put that up again. If you do see Toby, if you could let us know, that would be great. He's missing again. Yeah, just give that number a quick call. But I think we've done an exceptional job. We're finally getting to some of those emails that um, mm. I basically... Yeah, make sure that you bin them ones so we don't read them out again and when we're going to do oh. another one. Oh, so I've now got to get rid with a dog sitting on them now. All oh, right, well you got. <laughs> so yeah, so peace, people. Long run show at gmail dot com. Send us your emails now. We don't promise to get through them immediately. We'd love to, <laughs> but we can't promise. We're busy yeah. lads, yeah. but we will eventually make time to um, to do stuff. Usually, when Chris is doing one of his daft things like. Um, going off into space with William Shatner or something like that. <laughs> that and be we've got a vacancy and we need to, we need some great content to keep you going on a Friday night. So thanks ever so much for joining us again. Um, you've obviously, if you've w- watched on Facebook and YouTube, thanks very much for your support. As always, you can download these on Spotify, Yahoo, is it? Yeah. Uh, everywhere. Amazon, everywhere. all the usual sort of places. I've got a request before we go, Wilco. Go on. Do we do we use the incredible, and I use the word incredible not lightly, um titles that we use for the for the email show for our outro? Or do we use the original one? What do we think? Oh, I think I think we save them for special occasions. So you think we should use the usual outro? We should use the usual outro and then that will heighten the impact when oh. we use the email one. Yeah, I quite like moment. having this power here of all these all these things that Tobe can use. It's quite nice. It is quite so nice, actually. So this is it, Al, isn't it? You know, oh, we'll do a podcast. We'll entertain the matches. But so really, I could do this. A, Look, I could do this at any time. Look, I could show that at any time. Pictures of Al eating cakes. It's great. Have you got the, have you got the video of you falling out of the aeroplane? No, that's got deleted somehow. Oh, is it? All oh, right. Yeah. You got rid of that. I don't know how. Okay. Right. I'm just going to come back, right? And I've changed everything. He's <laughs> going to. Right. That's so that's your lot, that folks. Thanks sign. very much for um, your company again. Like I say, you can download us on all, all your, the usual places where you get your podcasts. And um, we shall see you next week. Thanks see very you much. Cheers, and you've got to run them titles, Christopher. <laughs>